Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Notice the traffic just keeps getting worse? Is your commute taking longer and longer because of traffic jams? It's not your fault. It's someone else's. Tired of watching people on the bus earn special privileges by traveling in a bus-only lane? You can vote to change the future of traffic in San Andreas. Vote yes on Proposition 602. By opening up the bus lanes and paving over train routes, you'll fly across town. People don't have a right to cheap transport. The Constitution is very clear on this. Remember, it's only a small step from mass transit to communism. Proposition 602. Vote yes. It's all about you. Shut up and sit down. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Third Shift. It's episode 360. And I can't talk about what we were just talking about right before the show started. But, of course, I am here. I am your host, your funky leader, the greatest man who's ever lived. It's me, it's Matt. And with me, as always, it's the light bearer, the light bringer, the light bearer, bringer, the beast master, third shift, the slithery snake himself. It's Eric, and he's here to tell us how his week was. Hey, Eric, how was your week? My week was great. Matt, I'm a snakey boy. Now, what I want to drop in here, but I'll probably get copyright flagged, is there's the... uh, Oh, what's the, I can't remember the actual name of the song, but it's like a sneaky snake. It's all mm-hmm. about sneaky snake loves root beer and he comes down and drinks the root beer as you have a picnic with your friends at by the lake or something. It's great. That sounds pretty good. It's wonderful. I was just thinking, of course, of the Jungle Book and the snake and him convincing old Ding Dong that he was a friend and he was going to eat him. It was great. I love mm. I love that scene. It's probably my favorite scene in that entire movie. Maybe except for the fight with Chakan and the vultures helping out and the fire and the tail. That was pretty good, too. You're mixing, you're mixing your memories here. There's nobody named Chakan in the Jungle Book. Uh. That's, a, that's a garbage <laughs> Genesis game nobody cares about. Get out of here. I didn't think you were going to get it. Oh, I was going to get I it. Gonna I know what I'm that talking right about. In there. No, not happening. You're like, not on my Matt, watch, Matt sir. Doesn't know. Not Matt today. doesn't know Jungle Book. He don't know. He God, don't know the names. That's Damn. the only one. That's that's the only movie uh, I'll, I'll defend. That's the only Disney movie that you're, you're on board. Right. You're not befouling Jungle Book. You won't pollute my Jungle Book. Yeah, you can't pollute the Jungle Book. Fine. All right. <sighs> Spoil my fun. Anyways... You know what? This week we went camping. I went out into the to the camping world as we do. Got in the RV. Some hot days. We had some rainy days. And during those hot days, man, I played a video game called Final Fantasy 16. And I beat it. I finished it up. I completed it. I did every gosh darn thing there was to do in the game, but I still apparently missed one reward for classroom. And it is driving me absolutely insane because i did everything in this stinking game so where where did it go what is it what did i miss i I mean obviously it's really easy to look up i'm sure i could just go and then obviously go to classroom and then go i got that one that one one. what's that red flower that's the one what's the red flower from boom done gone but every character of note that i can think of i got an item from Oh, home, home girl and the brother, you know, got hers. Got the whispering man, got his. Got Martha's, obviously. Uh, got the get the helmet you were talking about the other day. I got the uh, the little head thing. We got uh, the chocobo's harness. You know, and I'm saying there's just a million more. I got them all. I don't know what one I could possibly be missing. You went and got the charred sword, right? No, that's what you missed. You didn't go to the island with Torgal. The island I was telling you about. That's in the in my head canon ending. You didn't go there. How could you not go I there? I went to I went to the island Torgal and he barked and roughed me around. So I must have got that then. Okay. He goes, I should take this back to the old house. Correct, yeah. Okay, then I got that one. All right. 
So it wasn't that one. Thank goodness. Because that would be a critical one to miss. Why would I not do that? That's a side. That's an actual official side quest. It's a side mission, yes. I did it. So it's not that one. But anyways, we can't go on and on about it. You guys don't even know what I'm talking about, probably. If you do, though, you know how much it's, bo- it's bothering me. It's bothering me, and I don't like it. Even though I wasn't even going to play it in this game, I feel like that's part of my experience, and I missed a piece somewhere, and it bugs me. It's bothering me, too, because I don't know how it's possible. How is it possible? What did you do? What did you do? What, what how little what thing did I miss somewhere? Yeah. Well, here, here's know. what we're going to do. We're going to solve it. You're going to go on this after that. You're going to go to the room. You're going to just take a, take a picture or a shot of the room. And then whenever I have the chance, I'll boot it up. You'll look it go, up and go, oh, I'll go, okay, it's, it's this one on the bottom. What's this one for me? And I'll forget and what I had to do to get it, obviously, because it'll be from yeah. 20 hours ago or whatever. It's but. the coddling worm. You got that from uh, when you went to Walud and you had to talk mm. to whoever and did the thing. Exactly. I imagine it's got to be Walud. I can't imagine any other place that I messed, missed or did anything crazy with. You read all the letters, right? That's the, this is the last thing I'm going to ask. You read all the letters that came back to you, right? Yes. Everyone I ever got, okay. I read. All right. I'll double check, but I'm 99% sure I read every one of those letters and, of course, did all the side quests involved. That's the only thing I can think of is somebody sent you something and you missed it because you were like, oh, it's just him saying thanks for whatever. Mm-hmm. And that was the one that gave you whatever the reward was for that particular chain. I'll double check because it's possible, like, at the very end, maybe one last one slipped through, you know what I mean? But... We'll find out. Anyways, the game was beat. We talked a whole bunch about the game, and we didn't do it here. We didn't do it on the show proper. We had a big little discussion on why we should have done it here, but we should have done it here, and uh, we didn't do it here. So if you want to hear us talking all about FS16, having a good time, you're going to have to go to Patreon, folks. Sorry. Just go on over there. Throw three bucks in. Bam, bam. You got it. Now you'll be able to hear us talk at nauseam. Blah, 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 I like this. I like this. Blah, 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 blah. You'll, you'll hear it all. So I won't go on into any more detail about it except to say, fantastic game. Glad I played it. It'll be in my memory forever. Mm-hmm. Long live Jill and Mid. You two are the best. The one thing I didn't say is uh, I hated Mid's voice. I couldn't stand it. She really? was too much. I didn't like her. I liked oh, the character, I and I was like, all right, cool. But then she was like, oh, man. And I was like, I can't deal with this. Just, yeah, well, no. I loved it. Don't ever go to, like, Australia or New Zealand. Jeez, man, come on. (laughs) I mean, I watch a lot of Australian and British content creators, but she has that, you know, the dialects and this and that. She has some kind of regional accent. and That was weird. I don't know. And the the brash nature which she was talking with you mixed with that, I was just like, I don't like it. That's like I need a calm voice. I don't need this. I don't need this craziness. I don't need, I don't need a it. young person getting excited, getting excited, hooting and hollering. No, no, we're old men. Have Sid come talk to me. That's all right. He can, he can rumble at me. Hey, hey, Kyle, how's it going? Got a story to tell you about a time I did a thing. L- let me talk to you. Let me talk to you. Rumble. <laughs> Saddest part is I can't even replicate it. Not even close, no. No, not even how hard I try. For whatever reason, that 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 range is beyond what I can do. I can't. His throat has got to be like some kind of, you got to donate that to science after he's gone. Like he's got to have like four vocal cords or something, or some kind of like resonating chamber in there. Some, something's well, got to be. Well, not only his, but Clive's. I can't, I can't mimic Clive either. Like just the weird, the cadence and the way it sounds. I've tried, trust me. I'd sit there playing and I'm like, and I'm like, it's not even close. I'm like, I can't even, I can't even get in there. I can't even give like a rough version to where if I do, key, you know how it goes. If you do keywords, usually when you're doing voiceovers, people will generally catch on just because of the keyword and you're close-ish. And then so you can fake the funk and get a couple chuckles and laughs. Uh-huh. I can't even get in that range. I can't even put in enough oomph to mimic him and have anybody go, oh, clock. Clive, yeah, Clive. You just be like, what are you, what are you doing? What are you, I don't, I don't understand what you're saying at all. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Oh, Jill, man. Jill. Yeah, I sat there doing that. I literally did. All right, Jill, Jill. That's Jill, Jill. Okay, we got to stop. It's too, it's too far off. No. <laughs> it's nowhere you, close. You weren't wrong. I can't do it. It's impossible. I am incapable of those ranges. And it bugs me. It's really sad. Because I can do a lot of voices and a lot of stupid stuff, but for every reason, that it's off limits. I can't do it. Anywho, FF16 was done. Diablo 4, we're in Season 1, boys and girls. We're having a great time. 
we are now level 48. 48. I think it's 48. So we're pumping away. We're trying to get to 60 so we can get to the next world tier. So I can finally join my family and friends who are playing in the end game and get all the bad Mamba Jamba gear. So I got to focus on that. Probably this weekend I will do that for the most part. Because one last game came into existence, Matt. And that's Remnant 2. We talked about it on a previous episode saying, whoa, we should pick this up. You know, and talked about what it was about. And then, of course, chastise ourselves because it's a Gearbox published game. We almost never talked about it, and it just happened to come out. And we're like, whoa, crap. Oh, man, we really... Well, I bought it. I did it. Matt was kind of hemming and hawing about it. I was kind of hemming and hawing about it. Then my brother-in-law starts hemming and hawing about it. All the good reviews, streamers I, that I, I typically watch are all playing it. I went, yeah, just do it. Pull the trigger. Boom. Got in there last night, Matt. I told you I played the intro. You know, got up to the first area where it's like, hey, your first quest this is what you're doing and went and did that and i'll tell you that that gun shooting's chunky matt it's chunky feels good you shoot the baddie boom big hp goes and it's like the only thing i wasn't expecting even though i was told was that holy crap baddies don't play around they come from behind you in front of you there's no warnings it's not like all the symbols showing you, oh, man, there's 20 bad guys behind you. You just need to be paying attention and put yourself in a position of power to stay, you know, from getting murdered, you know, by somebody coming raking you across the back. A lot of fun so far. It does remind me a little bit of Matt's favorite game in the entire world, though, just the the, the cadence and the talking of the, uh, the, the folks. So I chuckle and laugh, and, and the story seems better, but it's still just... Really reminiscent of, you know, that one one that one game we played that I loved and Matt loved sort of, but came to hate, you know. Yes. But anywho, it was it was a good time. I look forward to playing it some more, Matt. Okay? That's what I did this week. What about you? Speaking of good times, I did two good time things this week. The first one was went and saw Oppenheimer in the movie theater. Had a fantastic time. I love science, and I love math. And a lot of this movie is science and math. Not like, oh, gosh, this is how we did it, but discussions of it. And I'm going to back off a second and say, I feel like everybody has, like, one thing that for some reason they're, like, super into, and there's no explanation why. This guy really is into this, but why is he into that? Who knows? For me, that's the nuclear program and, like, the Cold War era. For some reason, anytime I read about it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, give me more of that. I got a couple books on it that I've read. Anytime I watch, like, a documentary or a movie or something that's in that era, I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is cool. This is awesome. Obviously, this is the intro and parts of that. So I'm like, yeah, rubbing my hands together. Ooh, Soviets, nuclear proliferation, all the development of this. Oh, here comes the H-bomb. Here comes the this. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Love it. The only bad thing I will say about this movie is it needed to be longer. Like, actually needed to be longer. It's like three hours already. But the first bit that, like, sets up him and his character and kind of who he is before all this stuff happens, every single dialogue scene one person's dialogue would end, and as soon as it ended, it would cut to the reverse shot, and the other person would be saying their dialogue, and it would cut to the reverse shot, and the other person would be saying their stuff, and it would cut to the reverse shot, and blah, 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 blah. There was no... When you talk about this thing, there's a couple little down moments. When I finish this, and then you reply, there's a couple seconds where you go, hmm, yeah, you know, I actually do think about that. Instead, it was like, wham, 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 new scene, wham, 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 new scene, wham, 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 new scene. That seems to be where he cut. All the extra stuff out, because everybody said, you know, the first cut was like 19 hours long or whatever. But I still loved it. I absolutely loved it. It was great. It felt like a big movie. I liked it a lot. I can see why some people wouldn't like it. Like I said, especially those first parts, the pacing was kind of weird. It was hard to get into to start. But once I was there, it had me, especially once it got to all my favorite stuff. Oh, there's the thing. Yeah, they figured out how to do the thing. There it is. Yeah, that's the one they used there, and that's the one they used there. It's great. It was great. It was wonderful and fun. And then speaking of wonderful and fun, Master Detective Archives Rain Code. I talked about it a lot on the What You Plan that we just recorded, which will be coming out in the next day or two, or whenever it is I get around to editing the monstrosity beast of a Patreon episode that that became. That game is just a ton of fun. I'm getting into the Danganronpa-y parts of it, too. Villains are getting very villainous. Heroes are starting to blend together as a team. Like, I'm starting to care about the other detectives in the group, which you don't know anything about when you start off with. I've had a couple bonding moments here and there. 
I will still say the stuff outside of the mysteries and the investigations and stuff is still very strange and slow and clunky. Like, obviously, Danganronpa kind of hits quick. You have scenes, but, like, everyone's trapped in a place. Here, you're in a city, but it's, like, 45 minutes of talking and doing small, silly stuff before you even get into the hints that there's going to be a case to investigate. And, I mean, I like running around cities and talking to different characters, talking to them twice to get the two dialogue options they get from it, and meeting the other characters and stuff. But it feels really drawn out, but when you get into the cases, the investigations, and especially that mystery labyrinth, oh, it's so good. It's so worth it. So I don't want to sound down on it. Because when it's good, it's really good. But when it's a little bit boring, it's a little bit boring. But when you get you get that little dip in the roller coaster, but when you drop and you go, ah, and you wave your hands in the air, and there's a picture taken of you and, like, snot's flying and spittle's drooling. Oh, it's so great and so much fun. I wish I could play it right now as we're recording this. I wish I could play it Friday night, but I got plans. I wish I could play it Saturday night, but I got plans. Jeepers, creepers, I just want to play this game because it's so much fun and it's so good and I'm so glad I got it and that's been my week. It's been a great week. I'll tell you, are you going to be in Detroit this weekend? I wish I was, but the tickets that I want, Mm -hmm. way too much. Like, it's way too much. Okay. I, I was like, Matt hasn't said a peep about SummerSlam and I'm like, it's Right next door. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what's going on? Is he just not talking about it no more? Or is he not going? This is crazy. What happened? I desperately wanted to go. And, you know, they have, like, special packages where, oh, hey, this day you get to do this thing. And this here, you know, you get to eat and meet autographs and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And all that was, like, 5K base. Man. And I was like, okay. Floor seats, though. Front row, that's got to be, like, 1,200, 3,500 base. I want to, and I should, but I, it's, it's too much. It's Yeah, that's a, that's a crazy price right there. You'd have got to meet Greg Miller. Greg Miller's one of the big hosts there because he's the one that runs the, um, oh, I don't even know what it's called. He does one of the big shows on Peacock for WWE. Yeah, yeah and he does, yeah. And he's doing a big hosting. He's going to be part of the show this time around at SummerSlam. So I was like, oh, man, you'd get to see him up front and center screaming up on the stage going nuts. Because he's been trying to get them to do a bit where he actually gets to get, you know, beat up and body slammed and stuff. And so maybe this is where it happens. I don't know. But I was like, man, that'll be kind of cool, Matt. I'll actually see him and obviously have a great time and be a whole thing. But 35K, I mean, not 30, 35K. 35K, absolutely not. No, no chance. <laughs> oh, man, 3.5K. Woo. Yeah, no thanks. I'd pass two. Yeah, I still, God, I still wish I had, but I just can't. I just can't do it. And sure, there are seats all over through the stadium and whatever. But once you sit front row, you can't sit anything less than like third row. Can't go back. You can't go back. It's just like flying first class, like I always say. Mm-hmm. Once you do that, you can't go in the cattle car in the back no more. You, mm-hmm. you just can't. Been spoiled. You've been spoiled. Mm-hmm. Just like folks on the Switch have been spoiled for years, Matt. They've been playing every damn game there is under the sun having great experiences. There was this whole thing just recently, Nintendo released some sales numbers. Their games, they sell ridiculous. You're talking 20 mil, 16 mil, 17 mil. Holy cow, Switch. What a wonderful system. Not to mention, it's all leaked that next year, Matt, the Switch successor comes out. But we're not talking about that currently. We'll wait till we got some more juicy bits to go in a little bit about what we think might happen with the next Switch. For now, I'm just talking about a little video game called Radiant Tale that came to the Switch right now. You can buy it anytime you'd like to. Developed by a design factory in Automate, Otana, Ototomata. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's somewhere in that range. And I looked at this, and at first it reminded me of just your classic old-school RPGs. And this is the whole reason I even looked at it, to be honest with you. I was like, oh, cool, some old-school RPG being brought over to the Switch. I'll take a peek. I was thinking, you know, Tales of Destiny, Tales of this. I thought it was going to be that. No, it's not. It is not that at all. In fact, what it is is you're this gal named Tefalia, and she's got a companion, and her parents died at a young age, and she grew up working at this inn, doing all sorts of stuff, living a normal life. And then comes to town a circus. And this circus is a circus of guys. And they can all, well, not all guys, but, you know, several dudes and a chick. And they can't work together properly. And an event happens that makes you run into one of the members of said circus. And away you go. 
They go, hey, you're cool. We like you. How about you be the producer of our circus? Get us on track because we've got to perform in these different towns and we have to do a good job to make this super rare magical flower which opens and blooms and then the nectar from this flower will cure our prince who's cast this giant powerful spell to save the kingdom and it ended up screwing him over and he can't have feelings and he's so sad about it and you want to help him? You want to help him and you want to help the circus? And to do that, you're going to go through this beautiful visual novel and you're going to make choices with all your fun little members of this circus. You've got a gladiator who's all, I can do all sorts of acrobats and stuff. You've got an awesome freaking red dragon who's just a little miscombobulated and makes, you know, goofy moves here and there. A water mage, you know, doing her thing. You got the conductor and, of course, your companion, like I talked about. All these individuals are characters whom you're going to interact with constantly making, once again, text decisions and you're going to keep going through the story pop, 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 making all these decisions deciding who you like who you don't like how things work out and then of course at the end of the day save the day with your friends that you made in this beautiful circus and the whole reason i even stuck to this game man because I, I i was on the border i was like there's another game i could talk about but you know what this reminds me of work a bunch of discoordinated fools in a circus doing silly things, not capable of handling business on their own, needing somebody to tell them what to do all the time. And I went, this, I'm here. I'm already here. I live this life every day. I see it in action. Except I don't actually lead or tell anybody what to do. I just look and watch them and wonder what, what's life about. What are we doing? So I decided to stick with this game because this is a much lighter, a much friendlier, fun, anime-type version of my work. And you get to, of course, pick, you know, cool, hot dudes or a chick and, you know, become really good friends with them. See, I was going to say, you're like the pretty, pretty princess who wants to smooch all the boys at work. It's just, that's exactly <laughs> oh how God. it is. <laughs> no, I do not want to do any of that. But if you're into a fun visual novel and you like the anime type tropes and things going on, this might be up your alley. So take a peek, Radiant Tail. It might be something you want to get into just to kind of end the summer off, you know? And Eric's got a, a fantastic radiant tale for you. And here I got two tales of two completely different varieties. I got like the biggest game in the world, and I got the smallest game in the world. And we're going to start with the biggest game in the world, which is Baldur's Gate 3, which is dropping today as we're recording this on the 3rd for PC only at this time. Developed and published by Larian Studios. Console versions will be coming in September, early September, I think, September 9th, something like that. But this is... <laughs> I'm not going to go and be GameSpot. I'm not going to say, this is the sequel to Baldur's the Gate 2, which Baldur's originally Gate released bobbity-bobbity-boo. This is a classic computer RPG, is how I always think of them. Top-down, clicking on your characters, clicking on your units, going around the world, think Diablo-style. That kind of top-down look. And you're going through beautiful environments with crazy characters. You're designing your own character with all kinds of classes and subclasses and all kinds of different races to play and building up your stats exactly how you want them, just like you would in any kind of D&D type of thing, any kind of traditional computer RPG. You're going to have to get your stats and get your classes and get everything, get all your ducks in a row to be able to do stuff right. And as you go through this world, you're going to need to roll them dice and get them good rolls because if you try to do stuff and you fail your skill check, you're going to fail and you're going to have bad consequences. And I won't go into the story too much because it's a big, long game. Even the reviews that are out right now are reviews in progress because we've only been able to play a handful of hours. But you start off, you've been captured by the Mind Flayers. They've put a little Mind Flayer tadpole in your head. Your ship crashes and you and some other survivors escape. You have to find a way to get this thing out of your head before it takes over and you become a Mind Flayer yourself. One of the things that excites me most about this game, other than classes and abilities and skill checks and all this other stuff that I do love as an RPG player. There's a main quest you got to go on, but there's tons of side quests. And what everybody says is these side quests are really good. It's not just go find seven feathers from chicken ducks in the forest and bring me some seven feathers. It's go do something for a character who means something. And when you complete the quest and that character's happy with you, then you see that character later. And they have more side quests. And their side quests start to filter into the main quest. They help you figure stuff out. So it behooves you to go do side quests, befriend these characters, do stuff right. Or if you do the quest in a different way and they die or, or start to hate you, then they disappear. And now there's other characters who you've helped out on the other side. Maybe they start becoming your 
recurring side quest characters who help you figure out the pieces of the main quest that you need to proceed to different steps of that. Everything I've seen so far just looks and sounds great. Music sounds great. Graphics look incredible. Obviously, since the only the PC version is out now, that's what you're going to be seeing, high-end PC graphics. But man, they look good. They look crazy. I've heard the character interactions are lots of fun. There's lots of witty, fun banter and like dialogue options you can choose. All kinds of crazy scenarios you're going to get into. All kinds of apparently tough combat, which I'm kind of scared by, a little put off by. But there's difficulty levels too, so if it is too hard for you, you can do this and that. I've heard it's just a fun blast of a big giant RPG. So if you got all that time and you want to sink it into a good RPG, you can do that. But if you don't have all that time and you want a little bite-sized game to play of a completely different spectrum, I'm going to tell you about Venba which dropped on the 31st, developed and published by Visal Games. This dropped for PC, Xbox, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation, everything. Everything except for mobile. And this is a small story from a small studio, a little indie game about an Indian family who emigrates to Canada and kind of their lives growing up. You play as the mother. Obviously, the husband comes along with you. Over time, this follows their lives in like different time-based chunks. So they have a kid. The kid's growing up. You can kind of see his relation to you and your culture that you've brought over that doesn't mean as much in this area as it used to. So I've heard it's a really touching story, but it doesn't go super deep because the story is only a few hours long. But one of the cool things about it is the art style. It looks like, I won't say it looks like nothing else, but it looks like like an Indian cartoon kind of come to life. It's not quite smooth like an HD cartoon, but it looks like somebody drew all these characters. I don't know, it's hard to describe, but go check it out. But the other gimmick in this game, the gameplay gimmick, is as you play as the mother of the family, what she's kind of doing is exploring her culture by way of the food that her grandma used to make. Uh You're building these classic recipes, and the sound effects, the graphics in these sections, really beautiful. It makes your mouth water when you're doing it. But she's got this recipe book, but some places are smudged. And some things she only remembers from when she saw it when she was a kid. So you kind of have step-by-step stuff, but then you get to a spot and you have to kind of put it together yourself and figure it out. And you can fail, but then you can restart right away. It's not a big deal. So kind of walking through that, everybody's done it. Like You're trying to make a recipe that you remember from forever ago, but you don't have it quite right. What was it that would make it kind of okay? It's just really unique, really cool, a cultural look at things that don't get a lot of play and kind of a view of that that Indian immigrant lens. Just the cooking, it looks really cool. It sounds really cool. I don't know. When I see it, I'm like, man, I want to do this. I just want to do that. And it looks great. So check out Baldur's Gate 3 if you want the biggest game in the world. If you want the smallest game in the world, check out Venba. Have two great experiences Either kind of way. Yeah, I heard that the cooking part was really fun and cool too. That the they all they went for authenticity, and that if you look at what they're making, you can actually use those ingredients, you know, as part of it. So like you'll still have to go do a little homework, but what they're using is what you're actually using to make the real product. None of it's like made up or ridiculous. And it was the same with um, just some of the cultural items. You know, he was trying to use his experience with life and and everything he he'd done and grown up with. And put it into the game to try to make it as authentic as possible to resonate with, you know, his fellow uh, folks. And, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it kind of gives me that feel of like Chia that I had talked about a few months ago where it's people who lived at that small island kind of bringing their cultural experience into this game to have these experiences that, you know, you and I and other regular people never get to see. So I thought it was really cool. And speaking of really cool... It's episode 360. So you can't not talk about the one video game console in all the video games that have to do with 360. Because for those who are on the Patreon, you know our Shifter Monthly Topics, sometimes we talk about favorite games from this kind of console, favorite games from this kind of era. We're never going to make it to 360 Shifter Monthly Topics. But right here, right now, Episode 360, let's talk about our favorite Xbox 360 games. Eric, kick us off with something. Give me something. Well, I'm going to keep it in-house, baby, because Xbox 360 is the very first place I got my taste of Borderlands, Matt. Okay? So this is this is where we come from, Gearbox. You know, we were we was doing all the Gearbox stuff, Battleborn stuff. This is where it was. We played Borderlands 2 every week. We just could not get enough. Could not get enough. This is where it all started. With me and my buddy James playing Borderlands on the Xbox 360, having a blast, having such a great time with it. And it's such a weird thing, too, because, you know, you're like, oh, let's talk about 360. And I'm like, man, 
Like, I rolled with the Xbox OG from way back in the day, but I came late to the 360 because I bought your extra 360 from you, and that's when I jumped in and got going on the Xbox. So I came in late to the 360 and then did a whole bunch of catch-up, but it's so weird because my memory doesn't think it's catch-up because I played a lot of games, which I'll mention later, but... So, like I told you, it's kind of a weird spot in my memory bank just because of how I play. You know me, I'm usually on board from the system's launch all the way to its death. And instead, this time around, it was I just came in, like, in the middle, even probably three-fourths of the way in, and then just started smoking games and playing and doing stuff. So, totally different experience. But anywho, Borderlands 1 is right there. We can't tell you how many couch parties, you know, we had just sitting there, rolling around, getting to, uh, what was the General's DLC? General Knox? Was it Knox? Yeah, General Knox's, and just being so angry at them having you drive down that long freaking road, constantly getting blown up, constantly having the racks and everything else attacking you, your freaking vehicle getting blown up, and then just the nonstop baddies that would just attack you mercilessly. That DLC will always just be stuck in my brain as infuriating. But the game itself, so much fun. So many cool characters. What a like a gritty experience, and just a, such a, a good way to get in to the looter shooter. I'll always remember some Borderlands action with me and James, and then of course it migrated later to me and you. But that was on a different system. But that's the home, baby. That's where it all began. And speaking of where it all began, one of my favorite series of all time started on the Xbox 360 and almost finished on the Xbox 360, except for the reboot that just came out last year. I'm talking about the Saints Row series. One, two, three, four, and Get Out of Hell. So five games, depending on how you classify Get Out of Hell. It's all on the Xbox 360, and I had to verify that because I went and found my collection. I went, here's one, here's two, here's three, here's four, here's... Wow. Man, you want to talk about a journey. Just starting off as just a, a straight-up Grand Theft Auto clone, which was great and fun, and then starting to go a little bit more over the top, a little goofier, in Saints Row 2. And that's the one everybody had a blast in. Everybody absolutely loves Saints Row 2. And then going, in my opinion, a little bit off the rails, a little bit for Saints Row 3. I didn't like it as much, but still a, a fantastic game. The story of the Saints and the Saints as a crew are progressing. They're getting bigger. They're like celebrities now. There's different things that you're doing in there in addition to all the Saints Row stuff. And then 4, my God, I wouldn't say my favorite open world game of all time, but one of my favorites ever. The crazy places that goes with the superpowers and just the storyline. The musical beats, like the needle drops in that game. You finish a mission and you're on your way to leave the ship. The boss goes, turn on that radio. And that song starts playing. I won't spoil it for anybody. And everyone goes, oh, no. And the boss goes, no, this is my song. And you have a flying, shooting, escaping the giant alien spaceship moment to that song. Perfection. Get Out of Hell is a lot of fun, too. But man, I can't believe they're all here. On the 360 in that one era is almost all of the Saints Row games. And depending on how you think of it, some of the best of the Saints Row games are all in here. Just a fantastic series that I guess will always be tied to just that that console generation for me. Because it's just bam, 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 bam. All bangers right there. Fantastic. It's so funny you bring that up because I had the same exact response to this other series. I went, are you, there's no way. This doesn't even make sense. That's Halo. I played Halo 3, Halo 4, Halo ODST, and Halo Reach all on the Xbox 360. And I'm like, that's impossible. But obviously it's very possible and it was real because I never bought the any of the you know, Xbox One or the Xbox XRS. So it all happened here. And I'm like, that's, I feel like that's so many years of my life. How did how did I play them all in this one system? Even you saying that to me now, like, there's no way Halo 4 was on there, but you never had a one. I never had mm-hmm. a one either. So it had to have been if you played it. That's yep. insane. Yeah. I I am I was I was shocked. And Halo 4 is the last Halo I ever played. I haven't played any of them since. I, I tried to play the newest one via the Game Pass, but uh just didn't catch me, you know, a few missions in, I dropped out. So my whole life of Halo, besides, you know, the original was Bam, all on this big trunk. My favorite Halo games right there. And I can't tell you, I played the holy hell out of those games. I mean, and, and what's weird is I wasn't a PvP guy. I did PvP. Don't get me wrong. I'd go on there and do some online matches with peeps, but that wasn't my jam. I, I just played these games through their campaign 
just for fun. I can't tell you how many weekends I'd just get up, I'd be bored, don't have to go to work or something, and I would just pop on Halo ODST, start from finish, boom, go through the whole game. You know, playing obviously on the tougher mode, tougher mode, tougher mode, tougher mode. But still, I don't do that with games, period, anymore. Very rare do I ever play any game twice. Like, it has to be insanely good for me to do that. So, to, just to think back to all the times I've replayed those games. And then, of course, hey, roommate, you want to play Halo today with me? Boom, James jump in. We rock out Halo. Dan comes and visits for the day. We got nothing to do. I don't know, want to get pizza and play Halo? That's all we did. I mean, that was just years and years and years of 360 goodness playing Halo. What a time. I wish we could go back to that. Uh, that's the perfect segue. A time I wish I could go back to was the first time playing through the entirety of Dragon Age Origins. It had to have been 90 hours, starting with my, my Elven City character, that beginning part, and then the giant epic journey. You go all around the world, solving all the problems, doing all the things, meeting all the characters, doing all the stuff, and I went, man, it's over. Oh, that sucks. But it wasn't over, because there were so many DLCs, whether they were small, whether they were big, and then a full-on expansion dropping, Dragon Age Origins Awakening, where you got like 30 more hours with your character that you could import. I went on a journey with that dude. My little elven rogue, stealing and backstabbing and stealthing and doing all the things. You hear it on the show. Whenever I talk about a great RPG, especially a medieval fantasy RPG, what is the one I always talk about? I always talk about Dragon Age Origins. This will always forever be in that time capsule of 360 games. What's the best one that's out there? Dragon Age Origins. It'll never be surpassed because I spent a lifetime with that character, with all my side characters, doing everything, not even hesitating to buy a new DLC. Oh, it's only a couple hours. Nope. Boom. We're doing it. Absolutely. There's no thought, no nothing, no hesitation, no remorse. A fantastic game. Just wow. Oof, great. You want to talk about a fantastic time, Matt? That's Fable 1 and 2. All right. I went into these, and here's the thing: is this these two games, both of them, funny enough, got pumped up. You know, just this is the next game that's gonna blow your mind. Every choice is yours. Every action has a reaction. Neither one of them followed through and gave you that quite that experience. But in my opinion, both of those fantastic games had such a good time, and I just. So many memories of just rock and rolling. And I'm not saying Fable 3. Fable 3, Matt, was also on here. But I have different memories of Fable 3. So. Yep. <laughs> so I'm just talking about 1 and 2. And these experiences, just all the late nights, I just sat there grinding away, going back and forth, trying to find every single thing I could, getting all the money I could, doing every side quest there was. Because I didn't want to miss a thing. And I wanted to make sure my character was awesome as possible. And just talking to characters over and over, trying to get you know the different responses. And, and if you did this and took like the chick from here and annoyed this person and did that, I didn't want to miss any of it. So I spent so many hours playing this game to the point, as I mostly always do, I'm so OP that it was not even remotely a challenge to beat this game towards the end. But I still enjoyed both of them. Like I said, three... Has only like one real memory, and that's of my buddy Dan, and uh, making us watch him do make pies or something, and then like a costume he got in and danced. And you got to put in the chicken suit to make the pies. Yeah, because I got to be able to afford Eric's house. I'm gonna buy yeah. Eric's house. Yes, that is we. I don't. I don't know why that night happened and why we allowed it to happen, but we just sat there like sipping beer, watching Daniel do this for hours, and I then I never played three because. It was ruined. It was you over. You can't do it any, ever yeah, again. Yeah, it was over. So if my Fable experience died because of that event, but I will always let 1 and 2 live on in my heart, and I can't wait for the new one when it comes out in 2029 or 2042, whatever they, whatever year that ends up being, I'm going to be there day one because I want that to be where I get back on the train and enjoy some Fable again. And, uh Yeah. And that's the only place I'm going to get it, because it's only coming to Xbox, so I'll have no choice at that point. And I'll give you, since we're going memory lane, I have to mention this one. I put it on the list, and I thought, I'm probably not going to mention this, but we go to that house where the other memory was made, and we go into that basement, and I was upstairs eating some turkey, 
as you guys were playing, and it wasn't on the 360, but I own the game on the 360, playing NBA Jam. <laughs> NBA Jam on its own, fantastic. Just a complete throwback to everything you love from the original NBA Jams. I was glad to know that this existed. I was glad to play it for tens upon tens of hours on my Xbox 360. But the memory of all memories, playing with Eric, and going upstairs to use the restroom, coming back, eating some turkey, and just hearing, boy, that guy Matt's kind of a dick. And everyone going, ha 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 ha, anyway, time for the next game. I was like, screw this guy. And then the other memory, so it is a two-pack of memories, going downstairs, and we're playing NBA Jam, pass the controller, pass the controller, I'm taking on whoever. And the controller went to Eric, and Eric went, how do you do turbo? And I said, it's R1 button. Eric went, what's R1 button? And he looked at the controller like your mom would if you handed it to her. And we all went, ah, ha, 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 what a big dumb idiot. Woo-hoo-hoo. Drink more beers and have more fun. And Eric stealthily just passed the controller away and went, I'm just going to put two beers in my hands and just drink beers and have fun. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> that was me getting the hell out of that game because I didn't want to play. I wanted nothing to do with any of it. <laughs> but just overall a fantastic game. But since it's tied to those two perfect memories from that one perfect night, I had almost forgotten that this was here until I went through my games and went NBA Jam. And those two memories went, hey. And I went, oh, oh, dad, yep, this is it. Got to talk about it. Oh, yeah. Well, for the next one, Matt. All right, because I got two more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really lump a big one, okay? And that's... I went through a stretch, and I talked to Matt a little bit about this, where I would just play co-op games with my roommate at the time, James. That's all we did. We just found every co-op game we could. So we went through Gears of War 1, 2, and 3. We went through frickin' uh, Left 4 Dead. We went through Army of Two. We went through Castle Crashers. We went through Kane and Lynch, Matt. We went through probably more than that, because I, I was going to boot up my, uh, my Xbox 360 to see everything I had at the time. I'm not. I'm not trying to interrupt, but it was you and me that played through Gears of War three. Yes, you're right. You're sorry. I'm one and two with James, three with Matt, and Castle Crashers. I did it with other folks too, but I think I did that with James mostly. That one's questionable because the time frame I played it was like a lot when it first hit, and then I got back onto it again later on. So I don't know if I was with you or who, but anywho's, I went on a huge stint where we. That's what we. That's just our jam. It was. It was basically like Borderlands night, you know. It was like a, a prelude to that, where it was like, oh, boy, you know what time it is. It's Saturday night, and we ain't got work tomorrow, boy. Pop in Kane and Lynch. Bam, 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 bam. Oh, and Army of Two was the one I was looking for specifically when I was talking to you the other day. I love those games, and I love getting the different masks and, you know, putting those on. And then the, the second one came out, and we were just over the moon. It wasn't as good, but it was still fun, and we still liked it. I don't know why I don't maybe I just don't see them anymore, but I don't I don't see games like that on the PlayStation. I don't really see any like co-op experiences, you know, in that kind of genre, you know, shoot them up, work together, do this. Except for one we played, you know, Young Blood was one of the best games ever, you know what I'm saying? You do have games <laughs> you can play with other people, but it's always like up to four. So there's too many. Mm-hmm. It's never just you and a buddy, other than Wolfenstein Youngblood, which we just said. Yeah. Where the whole story is based on these two characters. It's a tight bond, you two who have the tight bond, because your friends are now these characters who have a tight bond because they're brothers in arms or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it worked perfectly. It was just magic. And even though if you go look back and be like, well, those games are like kind of mid, aren't they? No, they were, they were fabulous. They were just gold, because it's exactly what you said. We're buds having a great time. They're buds having a great time. How can you not enjoy this game? It was so much fun. Some of the best times. I've had a lot of good times in life, but those were definitely those were definitely up there. I definitely loved playing all those different games, especially Army 2 and Kane Lynch. Don't get me wrong, Left 4 Dead was great, but sometimes that game could be annoying as hell too. So you know, that one's it's in the memory banks. Cash Crash is fantastic. And I'm missing one. What's uh Scott Pilgrim versus the world? That was the other one in that list. So there you go. Whole big old Wham, bam, multiplayer games, all dumped into one reason for me playing them, having a good time with the roommate. And I'll give you a little multi-snap myself because there's way too many games. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to I'm gonna keep it to games that I've beaten and had a lot of fun with. Because there's stuff I could talk about, Lost Odyssey, but I never beat it. Talk about Magna Carta 2, but I never beat that. 
you know, when you think about Xbox 360, you don't think about a lot of Japanese games. But there's one that I always, always think about, and it's not the one that's going to be the last one. It's going to be the next one, which is Earth Defense Force 2017. A brand in a series that I had heard about, like on PlayStation, I know there's some kind of budget game, I don't know, whatever. But this came to America, and it landed in my lap, and I shot so many giant insects. Giant spiders, giant ants, with rocket launchers and crazy things, giant robots. That series is one of a kind, and it's one of my absolute favorites, and I got into it on the Xbox 360 with EDF 2017. I'm sure if I go back and look at it now, it'll feel outdated. It doesn't really matter that much because it's just cheap popcorn fun. Blowing up all this crazy stuff, having a great time, blowing up the city because your missiles are so huge. A fantastic series. I'm glad I got into it here. Another game, The Darkness. Gritty and dark and real and you're like a gangster and you get betrayed and then you make a pact with this demon and then all of a sudden you got these demon arms and they're whispering to you and you're eating the hearts of your enemies and the two little demon arms are snapping at each other. They have like this little rivalry together and then they're talking to you and you're talking to them and oh, just a fantastic game, all kinds of different powers. And I haven't played it in a long time, but every time I look at it, I go, I got to play this again or somebody's got to remake or remaster this. Because it was a fantastic, dark, brutal experience. And then another game I can't not mention because I played it all night, so many nights. And I got into all the side stuff and the combat challenges and the stealth challenges with every single character that was available. Batman Arkham City. Arkham Asylum was good. Arkham City is the best. Flying around or gliding around through that open world, grappling all about stopping random crimes, finding all the Riddler trophies, solving all the Riddler things. The spots where you can play as Catwoman, essentially you played her the same, but it felt so different. And then unlocking Nightwing, and unlocking Robin, and unlocking Harley Quinn. And I I don't think there was anyone else in that one, but if there's somebody I'm forgetting, everybody felt so different, even though they technically played the same. And just that, that rock-steady combat, you can't go wrong with that. That's why everybody iterates upon it and, and tries to remake it in their own way. This is the one. This is the one. I put so many hours into it, had such a blast with. Arkham City's got to be on there. When you think of Xbox 360 games, you got to think of the Arkham games. And this is the one for me. Well, the one for me, the last one, Matt, for me, isn't even a game I played. It's called Mass Effect. But it's important. Very important. I bought this game. But James, my roommate, played this game. Uh, I was super disenchanted with it in the opening area. You were stuck in that freaking place way too long. It was boring. It was annoying. I quit. He persevered. And so I lived and watched vicariously through him playing this game and got to experience Mass Effect. I didn't get to experience everything, but I was there for most of the game. I understood all the beats and heard all the things. And it made me love the game. I didn't want to play one again, but it still made me love the game and love the story. So when 2 came out, you bet your butt on PC I bought it because, once again, I told you I never got anything past 360, so for me that experience was over. So PC 2 and, of course, PC 3, I was on board. I'm a Mass Effect fan. I didn't do Andromeda because everyone said it sucked, but then Matt came back and said it didn't suck. It's really good. But it's one of those, now we're so far away, do I put the time in or do I just move on and hopefully they do another one that's great. Anywho, that's besides the point. Just watching James play and just get so into that game and the characters and his choices. And I'm sitting back there and I'm like, oh, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't have done that. No way. But he does it. It's his game. He's doing what he wants. And I'm so, oh, I wonder what would happen if I'd have done what I wanted to do. Dang it. And him making his choice, you know, for who he wants to date and romance. And I'm like, nah, bro, that ain't right. Mm -mm, but it's his game. I'm just watching. And I'm like, ah, I want a story, too. I want my story. So I had to adopt his because I didn't play it. But it was so damn good. And that's what's crazy. It's so damn good of a game to even watch that it hooked me and got me onto the successors. And I don't, I, I can't imagine a world in which... I was like, nah, I've screw one. I'm, I don't. It's boring. And then, you know, typically what I probably would have done was never touch two or three, because I was like, eh, one sucked, whatever. And I don't. I would not like that world, man. Not like that world if I had never got to play two and three of Mass Effect and just have that rich, amazing story, and just 
all the meaning and character behind it all. We've talked about it, you know, before, way early on when we were playing those games about all that. But definitely a very good memory of a time long gone and uh, just a moment that happened on on the random that got me into a series that I would just hate to not have experienced. And I can't believe I don't have those on my list. It must be because I have collector's editions so that the loose discs aren't with the other loose discs that I have. That's the only thing I can think of. But, man, you want to talk about a moment in time and a game to never forget. When I say a moment in time, I mean it's one of those rare things. We just talked about how rare a thing it is that we both played Final Fantasy 16 and beat it in roughly the same time period and could talk about it with each other. I'm talking about a game that we did that with every single day. And that's Catherine. One of the best games ever made. One of my favorite games of all time. And it was here on the 360, and you had it on the PS3. And I don't know, I can't remember what got us into it. Whether it was just, you said it once, hey, check it out, there's this game called Catherine. But we both got it, like on launch day. I went home, played it, I came back to you the next day at work, and I went, Eric, how far'd you get? And you went, Matt, how far'd you get? Oh my god, I got to the part with the thing, oh my god, what do you think's happening? For like an hour at work. And then mm-hmm. person would turn around and go, stop talking about those video games. Get to work. And we go, okay, all right. But the next day, hey, how far did you get? I went to this part. No, 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 no. I'm at night three. And that's stage two of night three. Oh, I'm on stage one. Don't tell me. But did you get to the part where you had to do the ladder where you learned about the thing and the spiral down? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it sounds ridiculous because I'm not explaining anything. But when you live an experience in gaming with your buddy at the same time, There's nothing else like it. Maybe all of you do the same thing. Maybe all of you have buddies who you play the same games with all the time. But I I don't have that, and Eric doesn't have that. And for that moment in time of playing through Catherine once and then a a full second time for me. I don't know if you did it a full second time through. I don't remember. For those weeks, that was it. We were the Catherine dudes. I think because I stayed up way too late some nights, I got ahead at the end. But it still wasn't so far that we lost touch of anything. And just on top of that, the game just being incredible, fantastic, all the puzzles. I've said it before on this show or other shows. This is a game I dreamt about. This is a game where I woke up in the middle of the night and looked at my pillow and saw blocks moving around. I dreamt about different kinds of blocks in different kinds of stages. And the different formations, man. The different formations they would have. And you'd go in there and you're like, what even is this? What is happening right now? And then figuring out how to do the three-wide tower. Mm -hmm. Because they gave you a four-wide tower. You're like, oh, this is easy peasy. And then two stages later, now there's a three-wide tower. Okay, this is going to be easy. Wait, that's that doesn't work that way. Okay, how does it work? Ting, 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 ting. Oh, my God, I got it. And then there was like two wide towers at certain points. So you had to pull from the other side and push them. Push them across and try to go through the gaps. Wonderful. Amazing. And you had them big sheep always trying to push you off and screw you over. So you were trying to like go around them or get them cut off or put in a hole, you know, a hole so they wouldn't bug you no more. Nothing felt better than squashing a sheep with a block or just kicking them down yourself when you were high enough. Boom, get down there, sheep. Even though I know I'm not really supposed to do that as a result of the story, but you're being such a d- that I have to do it. Get out of here, sheep. Especially when you're having a tough time. It's a tough level, but then you finally get that one block up and you hear boom. Uh-huh. Oh my God, I'm so close. Uh-huh. I'm almost there. I'm so close. Oh my God, the blocks are starting to fall away. Panic, panic. Try and get it done. Anything I can make. Anything. <laughs> and either fail or I'm here. I can't lose it again. I can't lose it again. Oh my God. And it's one of those things. Your fingers know how to do it. Your brain didn't know how, but you pushed and it sailed across and it latched in. And so you drop down on the back and you scurry, scurry, scurry. And now you're, poof, woo, grab that little ring. Boom, go through the door. Those were some of the best moments when you, know, you said your fingers did it. Yeah. And I just would get to the top and I go, I don't know what I did. I honestly got it. I didn't know what I did. I don't know how I did that. My my hands just moved, and I was at the top. And I'm like, what the hell did I even do? I'd have to like go back and think and be like, did I push that across and then go on the backside? Why did I do that? How did I think to do that? I didn't think to do that. I just didn't. I say so many of the lessons you learn. Hey, it's time to describe tornado up. I'll never do that. 
but your brain remembered and somehow your fingers make tornado up happen mm-hmm. and there's those times afterwards you go wait did i just do the thing oh my god i just did the thing that's what they were talking about six levels ago wonderful amazing and then the story the characters and the bar the stray sheep we were just talking about this a couple weeks ago but man nothing beats the stray sheep Mm-mm. going hanging out with your friends drinking booze hearing the booze facts hearing every single booze fact talking to every single person playing the goddamn arcade game mm-hmm. i played that so many times for so long ah perfection perfection in game form and it started here in the 360 era literally on the 360 for me a game that whenever i'm in the xbox 360 subreddit and they go oh look at my collection what am i missing you're missing Catherine, the best game ever made and i get a couple upvotes and i get some guy goes i didn't think anybody else knew about that game everybody should know about this game it's perfect it's wonderful i agree it is a wonderful game i played on a different system but gosh golly it deserves to be mentioned for sure and hopefully, maybe a second one made. You know, different characters, but the same premise. Oh, man, what a what a time that'd be. Just imagine, like, the jump from Persona 4 to Persona 5. If you did that with Catherine, so many new mechanics, so many new ways of doing things. And the best part is you could bring back the old man and uh, Catherine because, mm-hmm. of course, of who they are and what what's going on. So you'd get returning characters, so you'd get that feeling, and you'd get back, what's your name, um, Goldie? Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah. So yeah, she yeah, yeah. Cause, could come back, too. Like, you know, it, it, you'd feel at home, but you'd get a whole new story. You know, oh, man, that'd be great. It's too late for this now, but you could incorporate your ending so that in the sequel, you'd see Vincent and whichever Catherine mm-hmm. in the background of the stray sheep. They'd be the little side characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you'd see his little, you know, his little poofy sheep version every now and then oh my god so we got to stop talking about it because i can't stop thinking about it so what about you out there in podcast listener land what are your favorites from the 360 era or did you miss out on it completely you know what i'll allow you to tell me a playstation 3 game that you really loved if you never had a 360 but it's the perfect moment i had to do it we had to talk about it so send any kind of feedback any kind of questions comments concerns if you just want to say hi thirdshiftme@gmail.com. Twitter machine at thirdshiftme. Find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Hit up the Discord, the Patreon. Hit us up on X. I don't care. It still says search Twitter when I go in the search bar. It doesn't matter. It's still Twitter to me, bro. Well, I mean, you got a point. You do got a point, but we got to start calling it by X eventually. Might as well start now and get used to it. Unless he changes it back or something weird. Who knows? Who cares? Doesn't really matter. Besides going over to X and all the other joints, you can also go over to Patreon, everybody. A little tip jar there for you. You like what we do, you like want to help us out, get some you know new lighting, new this, new computers, new whatever, just stuff to keep the lights and everything working, you can throw a tip in. Any bucks are very much welcomed. We appreciate everybody who's done it in the past, present, and future. You all are the very, very best. However, if you ain't got the money this time around, that's fine. You can do exactly what Matt said. Throw us some uh, suggestions. Throw us some uh, likes. What are you doing? What are you playing? What were the 360 games you all wanted about? Or you don't even want to do that. You're like, oh, I'm too shy. Just go click a button and give us a five-star rating over on Spotify or iTunes. Boom. Now you're really helping us and sending us to the moon. A lot of little stuff you can do. And I suggest you do it to keep us rocking and rolling for all eternity, baby. Woo! And, of course, we'll be rocking and rolling into the very next episode, which will be dropping on or around the 10th of August on iTunes and Stitcher, on Poppy, and on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing, you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. And I'm not going to let it go. I recognized the Coltrane woo. I, I know it. it. And that's an Xbox 360 throwback, because the Coltrane runs on whole grain, God baby. Coltrane, woo. baby. Woo. God, I miss that. I miss those. I miss that. I miss so much. I miss a lot of those games, man. Yeah, come on, Xbox. Come on, get get your stuff together. Get these games back up and running. Get 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 it all in focus. They are still there. They're up to like Gears of War Five, dude. Oh it does still man, exist. but it ain't the same. It ain't the same. You know, emojis. <laughs> Didn't we try one of the later ones? I thought we did one of them. Was it just three? Yeah, it had okay. to have just been three. Man. I just swear we started one and never finished it. Yeah, because we never had Xbox Ones, and mm-hmm. I've never played Gears on PC, so 
I think okay. for us, that so fell it must off have been right three there. that we played through. That was it. Huh. Oh, well, anywho's, you know what? You're right. Good old Coltrane. I remember all you boys and girls, just like I also remember all the friends who've given us those five star ratings, Matt. Y'all are so much appreciated. We thank you so very much. And once again, I'll just say, come on. Anybody listening who hasn't done so, get over there. Just take a minute right now to do it. Get us up in the algorithms. And that way we can go rocket ship to the moon and be famous. Be And with that, there's nothing else to say but. Don't. Don't forget to say. Shut up and sit down.